after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. I don't think I've ever been both more prepared and less prepared for a show okay. than I am right now. I have that... that Sounds almost quantum. I have that energy going through me that I have not had in years, which was the <laughs> feeling of going on live radio, <laughs> only half prepared and kind of getting my last minute production needs done uh, at the very last minute. I guess that's redundant. Um, but I got to producing the show kind of late today. And I had an idea that I came up with, possibly while high, <laughs> uh, late last night. And I barely had enough time to put this all together. But I think I've got everything in order. We also have a specific time we need to be done tonight. Yeah. Um, and so I'm feeling like there can be no mistakes. We might as well be live here. I have a bunch of audio I want to play for you. And I'm sorry if I'm coming in a little bit hot today, but I'm kind of it's all like jazzed to, up. It's not like you don't have time to edit it if you if we make a mistake. Don't ruin the bit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that is true. I guess I'm just, I just, I realize I'm coming in with a lot of energy. I hope it's not too frantic, but I'm very excited to run something by you because late last night I was back into my bullshit going through VHS tapes yeah. and dragging commercials off of them, right? As in, and we will be getting into my regular BT dubs segment later in the show today where I'll share some of those old commercials uh, with you from like the, the mid-90s that I've literally found on old VHS tapes. <laughs> um, but one commercial, and we're going to just start here today if you don't mind, one commercial really stood out to me. And something about the commercial stood out to me. And by the way, all the other forward promo stuff stands. We have some great stuff from the ad council. Yeah. We got some jingles today. A lot to get to. But I want to start with this thing that I've been working on. So Nordic Track. You're familiar with oh, it as a course. concept? Yeah. Huge advertiser in the 80s and 90s when you and I were growing up, right? Yeah, sort of. And, and long commercials, right? Like they would often kind of straddle the line between... A commercial and an infomercial, right? It's, a lot of them did. This one I'm going to play for you now is more of a normal commercial, but you are right. It's long. It's a it's a full minute spot. Yeah. And this aired, I think, in 1995. I mean, you can't get the you can't understand a Nordic track in 30 seconds or less. Like well, you know, one thing you need never, to really marinate in that. You know, I was thinking, what do they ever address in all of their long ass commercials? <laughs> why it's called Nordic track? Well, I guess it's like Nordic skiing. Oh, specific. Like oh, that's right. It's it supposed is. to sort of mimic the the motion or the exercise of like doing cross country skiing, right? Look at the big brain on Veeves. <laughs> um, that is right. Now we have a commercial here that I just have called Nordic Track testimonial commercial from again 1995, and this is um, just a bunch of people talking into the camera, talking about why they like. The Nordic track, including somebody who even uh, runs, I believe, uh, some sort of a gym or an, uh, possibly some sort of fitness 
uh, company. I'm going to play the whole thing for you right now, the entire minute. Just take a look. You don't really have to worry about the visuals. It's mostly people talking to the camera interspersed with people using the machine. But tell me, at the end of this, Genevieve, if you don't mind, just let it all run, let it all play. And then at the end, tell me if anything strikes you about this commercial. Okay. The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. When I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout can do for you, just listen to an owner. You want me to talk about my experience with Nordic track? I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor who said I had to do two things. Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. <laughs> Call now for your free video and brochure to learn how you can get on track with Nordic track. One thing I want to correct before I ask for your initial reactions is I said that some fitness company owner, that's not true. He's just an owner of a machine. And the way the, the voiceover says, ask an owner, it's just somebody who owns the machine. My apologies right. Don't ask for the, the owner mistake. of the company. For some reason, I yeah, in my head, I got it twisted in my memory. But what are your initial reactions to that? Anything stand out to you? Well, the one thing that jumped out at me, and I don't know if this is what you were getting at, particularly on the last shot of the, the couple that are being interviewed, it's not, I mean, it's, it seems like it's a handheld camera that's just bobbing all over the place. Like, why is the camera not just focusing on and, them? And kind of close to his face. It's quite close. And kind of a Craig T. Nelson looking mf -er there at the end, He right? looks a little bit, he's got a Craig T. Nelson vibe. Um, but, like, why is the camera just, like, zo bobbing and weaving all mm -hmm. over the place in that shot, I wonder? It's a strange, is, is, is it supposed to, in, like kind of evoke like a documentary or like a, a a quality of it being sort of just per man on the street mm -hmm. type of footage i don't know it just was strange like it's obviously they planned for this and yet yeah this is what the way it looks yeah it looks like he's almost like on the sidewalk he's clearly with a woman that we never see right it's t the camera's kind of focused tightly on but him you do hear it is her. and you hear her laugh at the end it they actually seem like real testimonials because they're so weird yeah when he says you want to hear about my Nordic track? He almost sounds like um, he kind of can't believe it. Right. Like, did he? What, did they ambush this what, You guy? want to hear about my Nordic track? And then he then he really gives it. Then he says, go out and get one. Like, he really wants to be a yeah, salesperson. Like, it's like they're doing a Vox Pop, but I don't think that they were. No. Although it does seem improv, I got to say, because may, maybe I could be wrong on that. But it all has a seriousness to it, doesn't it? Like, it's kind of got a weird, like, vibe. And I think the weird vibe is... There's no music. Yeah, that is weird. It's right. just here. Let's listen to it a little bit of it again. It all just has, I mean, yes, because of the, the way they use the cameras, but also with the music, it just is so serious and almost eerie feeling to me. The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. When I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. 
If you ever they all seem like they're handheld too. Even that woman in the gym right there was yeah. a little bit Talk shaky. About my experience with Nordic Track, I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. <laughs> I also think it's funny that he says, "We all know what they are," as if he's speaking in some sort of code, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like wink. Yeah, like the type of thing like your uncle might say something at Thanksgiving. Right. Say, well, but like mime smoking about. weed. Yeah, ex exactly, right? <laughs> okay, so I don't know if this is going to pay off. And I'll tell you what, I put way too much time <laughs> into what I'm about to play for you. Then we will get content out of the show. Okay. But what I've tried doing here is I thought, could this commercial kind of take the imprint of whatever music I score it with. Right. Could so, you make this a rom-com? Could you make this a yes. thriller? Could you make this a tearjerker? Now, if I had more time, these would be better, first of all, and I'd have a lot more, because you're right, I could have I can gone... tell you I better hear Salisbury Hill in here somewhere. <laughs> oh, that would have been so goddamn good! <laughs> but I literally had to remix five versions of this commercial <laughs> in exactly a half hour, and I can get really persnickety when it comes to like audio stuff, and I had to just kind of throw perfection out the window. Yeah. I did this slap. Dash. I grabbed five songs and I tried scoring this. You've already had better ideas. Oh, Salisbury Hill, Chef's Kiss. Why did I not do that? You've already ruined this segment by having a better idea than what I'm pr going to present to you. But let's start with this one. This one that I'm going to start with. Stick. If you don't like this first one, stick around because it's probably my uh, not my best work okay. of all five of these. Uh, they get build, better as they go along. But here, here, here's my first one. Okay. okay. It'll start dry. The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. <laughs> when I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went oh from God. 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. <laughs> I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout oh can God. do for you, it's better. just listen this is to another. So good. You want me to talk about my experience with Nordic track? I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor who said I had to do two things. Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. <laughs> Call now for your free video and brochure to learn how you can get on track with that, Nordic Track. That at first I thought it was a Ken Burns documentary that we were listening to, but then it started to maybe feel more like a period drama or a period um, comet, a period piece. You know that song? No, I don't know. Oh, that is the. I think that's the most. I, I could be wrong about it being the most famous, but I always think of that as like the kind of central music of the first Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, I think it's okay. called The Shire or something. You might be wrong about that. that but right. I think it's like the Hobbit theme of that first movie. I'm sure that many people recognize that I did not. But it it's sort of, uh, I can uh, now I hear it, but mm -hmm. it also makes me think of both. The, the opening strings made me think of a Ken Burns documentary. Yeah. And then the the kind of more like harpsichord-y stuff sounded like a, 
a, a mannered, you know, a manners period piece like a Jane Austen yeah. or something. As I'm listening to these, again, I had to throw them together so quickly. I love but it, There though. are places where I feel like I could have done so much more by punctuating what that crazy guy is saying near the end. Um, but I didn't have time to get real detail. But here's the next one. By the way, I've already forgotten what's coming up next because I didn't want you to see the names of the music I use. So I've just labeled these one, two, three, four, five on the screen. Okay. So I've already forgotten what this one is. Let's take a listen together. And yes, we are going to listen to these all the way through because because yeah, I worked on it. Yeah, I want to hear them all. The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. <laughs> when I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout can do for you, just listen to an owner. Somebody talked about my experience with Nordic track. I had to come a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor who said I had to do two things. Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. <laughs> Call now for your free video and brochure to learn how you can get on track with Nordic Track. Is there anything that Yakety Sacks <laughs> doesn't improve? Can't improve, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Benny Hill show. Well, I mean, that was the ultimate test. The other thing that, having listened to this a million times now, it sounds at the end, it sounds like he's saying... Get on Drac, Nordic Drac. There's right. something he doesn't sound like he's saying track. He do, yeah, he doesn't hit that T hard enough, but he's obviously saying get on track. All right. Unless this is about vampires. Let's do one more here. Well, no, let's do a few more here, and then we'll get on to some more. I, <laughs> I want to hear all of people these. People are going to kill me. No, I love it. I've heard this commercial so many times. Again, I think I know what's coming up here, but I'm not sure. The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. When I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout can do for you, just listen to an owner. You want me to talk about my experience with Nordic track? I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor. I hear that, I had to do like, two what are you things. talking about? Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. <laughs> Call now for your free video and brochure to learn how you can get on track with Nordic Track. Now I can hear us get on track. Yep. Boy, I really feel like now I'm just picturing like Darth Vader doing a Nordic Track yeah. commercial. <laughs> that would be a good gift. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> okay, I got two more for you here. All right. The last one might be my favorite, but here's the penultimate one. Honestly, so one. far, The Shire is my favorite. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. That's my least favorite. Maybe that's because it was novel to you. I think it's because I was thinking this was going to be more like mood music rather than like specific. Uh-huh. Like the, these songs, you know, Yakety Sax, the, the Empire theme, like they, they 
evoke something too something specific. Something so specific. Yeah. It's a very, it's you know, it's very specific. Like with Yakety Sax, it's like fast motion, Benny Hill kind of, you know, um, type of type of footage. And then of course, the, you know, um, the 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 Empire is incredibly evocative, but it also like really puts you in a place, a time and place. Yeah. Um, and I think I liked the Shire music because I wasn't. Maybe if I were more familiar with it, it would have like put me in the Shire. But because I was just sort of yeah. thinking of like sort of tone, like a tone, it made me think about like it made me picture the commercial in a different way. Yes. In fact, here's something I will do if people want me to. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm already getting sheepish going into number four of these five because you've heard the same commercial over and over and over again. Like but if anybody wants a request for like, yeah, if you have a request, a request, because I think that I should for next week, at least like maybe at the end of the show, maybe we can go through some requests because I think you're right. Strawberry Hill. Wait, not, Salisbury, uh, Salisbury Hill. Hill would be perfect right yeah um and so and whether or not it's something we know but you I, I was under so much deadline pressure to get this done that i had to go for like the first five things that were right on the top of my mind yeah. so okay i'm now i'm getting defensive but no i i do <laughs> i just feel like i could have done better with more time but here we are here's number four the combination of the nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight <laughs> when I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout can do for you, just listen to an owner. You want me to talk about my experience with Nordic Track? I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor who said I had to do two things. Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic Track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. Yeah. <laughs> I love Call now for your free oh. no, brochure. To I love Chariots of Fire for this. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that I've been? I watched The Crown. I watched the newest season of The Crown. Dodi Fayed, uh, like, was the producer of that movie. Who's that? Uh, well, he was. Is Di that the person it's based on? <laughs> Far from oh. it. Dodi Fayed. He he was in the car with. He was kind of Diana's boyfriend. Oh oh oh. Uh, the son of. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billionaire yeah. Mohammed Fayed. Um, but he was sort of a, you know, he was a very rich guy. And of course, this is all per the crown. But like Dodi Fayed was is the was the son of of Mohammed Fayed and um, and was sort of a little bit of a dilettante and wanted to like do something creative with all of his father's money or, you know, with his with his inheritance. And so he kind of like talked his father into financing that movie. Oh, okay. And then it won the Oscar that year. Really? Yeah. So he's a producer, you said? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I, but when you said Dodie Fayette, I thought you were talking about, I didn't know what you were, I had no idea what we were talking about there. But yeah, now that you say that name, I know it. But I didn't, yeah, you were well steeped in that story as it was happening. When the Diana thing, really, I had to like, I mean, I remember when she died and it being, you know, a big tragedy, but I didn't really know any of the ins and outs oh, of like anything like, royal family Do you, family do you remember where you were when you heard that no, she died? Oh, no, I do. No, no, no. Where were you? Uh, I was in college. I was, it was the beginning of my sophomore year. 
Um, so that would have made it, what, 98? I, I was going to guess 98, but I wasn't um, sure. But I was coming back very late at night from a, a frat party, actually. And the whatever time it whatever whenever it happened it was the news made its way to uh to boston or i first heard about it when i got home late that night Hmm. um and it was kind of mind-blowing yeah no i i don't know where i was with the um i think this came up on the show recently with the oj white bronco thing that didn't really like i don't know where i could tell you where i was when kurt cobain died when i was home but I remember that moment. Yeah, like, that I was a that moment, moment for me. But like all the other big news events, I, I was just a really, really checked out teenager as far as world events. I'm pretty embarrassed about that. But all right, here's the final one. This is the final Nordic track remix for now. If anybody has requests, you can email us at after these messages show at gmail.com. But here it is the final one for today Nordic track. <laughs> The combination of the Nordic track exercise along with a low-fat diet has really helped me trim my waistline and my weight. <laughs> Saw that coming. Yeah. When I first started working out with the Nordic track, I, I lost a lot of weight in a very short period of time. I went from 226 to 172 in just a few months. I look good. I feel good. I've gone down two dress sizes. I feel sensational. If you've ever wondered what a Nordic track workout can do for you, just listen to an owner. You want me to talk about my experience with Nordic track? I had become a couch potato. We all know what they are. Ended up talking to my doctor who said I had to do two things. Watch my diet and exercise regularly. So as a result of getting on the Nordic track, I brought my weight down considerably. I lost 12 pounds. Now I want you to go right out and buy one. <laughs> Call now for your free video and brochure to learn how you can get on track with Nordic Track. That's kind of specific. <laughs> <laughs> Does that remind you of a TV show? Uh, what I, it's funny about that HBO um, little uh, Sonic brand because... Yeah. It starts, they use that before, I guess, I assume every HBO show. I've watched many mm-hmm. HBO shows where it's opened with that. But somehow when I hear it, you knew. I still expect the, the Sopranos theme to play. And indeed, you know, so did you. I almost left it off, but then I just thought it was too funny of a joke. But yeah, yeah it totally spoils what's coming up. Because why but is that? Like, why we've heard that, that a million though? times. Because maybe it's maybe somewhat specific and generational to our circumstances. But just like, that's the one that brung us? Yeah, I don't know. I guess. It's, it is so... Uh, identified for me with that, that particular show and it really drives home how seminal The Sopranos was yeah, yeah, definitely. As, a, as a media product. And people were binge watching before The Sopranos but like cause I remember I think the very first thing we binge watched and this was like getting DVDs in the mail from Netflix was 24 maybe? Yeah that sounds right. So it would have been already the first season would have been well off the air by a few years, and so it was available on DVD, and we were renting them. And then, whoa, a bunch of <laughs> decorations just fell off in my studio. Fell down. <laughs> um, and um, the other thing that I think of right away, the one that I liked that wasn't kind of, I mean, 
I liked 24 because it was an interesting concept, but it did not wear well over the seasons. But we loved Six Feet Under. Like, that was, like, the first binge-watching slash premiere television, I think. And I think we also watched those by renting the discs in the mail, right? I think so. And we watched a lot of TV by getting Mm -hmm. those discs in the mail and... My God, how many you'd you'd start to get those DVDs and they'd come in those sort of uh, plasticky paper Mm -hmm. sleeves. And sometimes they were pretty chewed up those sleeves or or they were by the time you sent them back. Yep. And then I think maybe the Sopranos kind of came after that, I think. And the Sopranos was on the air for such a long time that for those of us who weren't watching it from the beginning, it took us a long time to catch up. Yeah. But I think we caught up in the last season, right? We did. We somehow caught up. And were we paying for HBO by then or were we still just watching... I swear we watched the final episode, if not live, at least like within the within days. a day because yeah. we didn't want to be spoiled. I feel the same. We must have known somebody who had HBO and maybe found our way to a TV. Potentially, I stole maybe it. Maybe you stole from, it from the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure. That was so long ago. But all right, well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for putting up with me, everybody. I love the concept. I really yeah, like if it. If anybody, so uh, we'll do um, Salisbury Hill, and then if anybody has any <laughs> um, any, and requests. if you have an idea where you don't know what music to suggest, but you have an idea of like what you want the commercial to convey. Mm -hmm. Like when I hear Salisbury Hill, I think of, you know, sort of like um, romantic, um, not rom-coms, but more like sort of romantic dramas. Like kind of tender, hopeful stories. Tender, hopeful stories, exactly. You know, there's usually like a step, child a step parent involved <laughs> yes. or a, somebody's overcome adversity somebody's going to overcome some adversity or or you know repair a broken relationship um maybe through the uh, maybe through a, a wonderful road trip um but yeah some kind of tender story um about you know human the triumph of the human spirit mm-hmm. um so if you have an idea like that like like i was saying like oh this could be a ken burns documentary yeah like if you have a oh genre, that's another idea i could take that classic ken burns music that's yeah. often used into the civil war i think it's a shokin farewell yeah i could use that stop flexing on your classical music knowledge <laughs> we all know it's not classical what it's that's like that's a that's a folk song a shokin farewell well, i don't right? know oh man let's get going here <laughs> So I've been, as I'm going through my VHS tapes that I found at a garage sale, sort of um, compiling a little list of things that I want to run by you. Because I'm uploading all of these. If you're looking for the videos... that I'm talking about today, you can actually find them on my, on our, I should say, sorry, on our YouTube channel, which you can find just by uh, looking for After These Messages podcast on YouTube, and you should be able to find our channel. And so I'm kind of just going through this list somewhat randomly here. I think um, we talked about one of the Stetson commercials last week, right? Yeah, this one's our, we've already burned this one. This is the one with the woman who, uh, <laughs> who can some, yeah the spirit of the lake yeah some woman who's draped in uh, tool and satin yes for and, a, and rowing a for a canoe ride canoe across the lake for a booty call a canooty call all right <laughs> <laughs> so i'll erase that one from the list for this one for some reason this one stood out to me this is from 1996 and i think it stood out to me because this is a gum commercial 
Uh, it's actually Wrigley Spearmint Gum. Um, and, you know, we're used to gum commercials, whether it's the classic, you know, double mint, like, twins on the boardwalk. Right, people having fun with having gum. Having fun. Or in, you know, later years, you had, like, the really intense, like, right. people breaking through ice in a different dimension. Yeah, being and... tortured by ball bearings because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what chewing this gum is like. Or really focusing on the freshness of breath, like, uh, chewing the gum, and then wasn't there one they breathe out, and it's, yeah, like, crystals a, or a, something? A, right? cool, a cool mist emerges from their mouth and so some of the themes are enjoyment or uh freshen your breath is a huge yeah. one right but a huge reason people chewed gum up until the 2000s and maybe today but especially back in the day was nick fitting wow yeah so here it is 1996 here's a wrigley spearmint gum commercial and you just got this guy he's kind of a middle-aged white guy male pattern baldness and he is a smoker yeah. but it's 96 you kind of can't smoke on planes anymore but it's a new it's idea kind of new yeah. i don't know when exactly they phased that out but it's relatively new and so he's just plain old bugging out on the airplane he is losing it and so he needs a i haven't watched this in a while but um he needs his uh wrigley spearmint gum to sort of calm him down but then he sort of he i think he's squeezed between two people and um he doesn't have a lot of room to maneuver and i want to drops. do a whole show i'm not kidding about the use of the middle seat mm. on an airplane i thought we did that did we not well, I just did a show about pilots. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's right. I think I had the middle seat idea, or at least the. Oh, did we? I think I had the idea, and then it kind of got replaced by the pilots' idea. So oh, yeah, we okay. should do that down the line. Yeah, yeah, like just. I mean, to me, it's like it's such a specific thing, like the use of the middle seat on the airplane to convey unhappiness, yeah, and, and sadness and discomfort and whatever like negative thing. It's like it's a universal uh, shorthand for, you know. This blows. I all. I, I almost just want to. I know this is too broad for you, but just settings. You know, setting the commercials on airplanes, even if it's not quite the middle seat. Like, there's that one for like the um, State Farm commercial now, where who is it? Andy Reid, some famous NFL coach, is drawing mustaches on right. the players for reasons I still don't quite understand. It's such a tortured premise, but like, there's just so many shenanigans, or you might even say sky jinx on sky airplanes jinx, yeah. and commercials. Um, that, that brand is, is uh, up for grabs right now, I think. <laughs> no, it is not. That is a <laughs> that is a TBTL benchmark, but okay. Oh, um, I thought that was I thought that was uh, Dave Ross. It started on the Ross and Burbank oh, show, Ross but it was Burbank. my idea. And yeah, so, and, so you took it with you and when we, you left. And yeah, and we still use the You intro. got that in the divorce. Because I produced it, and then Dave Ross took it home. I produced a, a little sting intro for it and then Dave Ross took it home and added his baritone to Sky <laughs> J or no he added all the vocals yeah. he did high and low he and he multi-tracked himself he multi-tracked yeah. himself on Sky J I should play it for you now but eh, just listen to TVTL randomly someday and we might play it <laughs> um, do you still worry. use that song when yeah, you do Sky yeah yeah we oh, do Sky J um, okay so here it is the Wrigley's Spearmint Gum commercial this guy he's bugging out he's going to reach for his gum but he, for some reason he drops it and it lands in his cuff of his pants. Yeah. And I don't know why that's relevant to the story, but he just really needs his gum. Even if you've never smoked before, this commercial will make you Nick fit. Yeah. As Charlie sat wedged between the fleshy flyers staring remorsefully at the no smoking sign, he kicked himself for having left his Wrigley Spearmint gum in the change tray at the x-ray machine. Suddenly, he remembered he had another stick. 
yearning for that cool, clean spearmint taste, that pure chewing satisfaction, he reached into his pocket. Not there. Then he saw it, beckoning him from the cuff of his pant. But his tray table was down, mocking him. When you can't smell, don't forget your Wrigley spearmint. Oh, doesn't that just make your skin crawl? It really makes your skin crawl, and the the claustrophobia of that ad is disconcerting to say the least it really is and so specific i'm glad i didn't have to set that up too much boy they it was really like this is this one goes all the out to all the people with low vision like yeah right they really narrate that like where did you leave it you left it in the tray at the tsa yeah (laughs) this one i just thought was a little bit odd um i'm gonna play for you it's for uh potatoes it's for idaho potatoes which of course is you know like i don't even know if that's really a brand i i think it's more of just a uh, um a trade organization i guess, I would so. guess right although or, i feel like they were always talking about specifically idaho potatoes i'm sure i mean it can't be just a unique one farmer of course it's not one farmer but it must be what if idaho is a guy's name <laughs> <laughs> and he lives in Kansas. Um, but no, I think you're right. It's like a trade organization, but it's specific to, um, you know, the the growers in Idaho. Yeah. All right. So this is interesting. So we're going to hear the story of uh, of a girl. She, I'm going to put her maybe at like 13 years old. I don't know if the voiceover mentions how old she is, but we see footage of her. And as she's like kind of riding a horse, she's um, got a giant belt buckle on. She's dressed like, you know, like a cowgirl. Um, and she's, she's probably what, 14 here? Yeah, I said 13. But yeah, oh. probably you're right. Somewhere between 13 and 15, I would say. And we're going to hear the story of her her as we see images of her riding her horse around and then we'll start to see images of a potato and a farmer holding a bag of Idaho potatoes. We'll listen to this and then we shall discuss. Outside of Idaho, you probably wouldn't know about Annie Rozier's Junior Rodeo Championship. Nope. Seems in Idaho we're famous for just one thing. So if you want a great tasting potato, just look for the grown in Idaho seal. Don't you think that's weird? Don't I think it's weird? They're just like, you probably haven't heard of Annie Rozier. <laughs> Did they have a whole campaign of things that we haven't heard of in Idaho? Because they're like bragging about the fact that like, hey, a bunch of stuff happens in Idaho. You haven't heard about it. Don't worry about it. All we're known for is potatoes. <laughs> all we want to be known for is potatoes. That's all we want to be. And like, I sort of feel bad. It, it almost feels like negging this girl because like she won this championship, this rodeo yeah. championship. But you, you know what? You've never heard about it. She's never getting out of small town Idaho. And yeah, she's just going to be a poor potato farmer like her like her father and her father before his father before him can i um admit something to you yes i spent a decent chunk of time googling annie rosier rodeo championship idaho to see if it's real to see if there's any record of it it could potentially could have been real at the time but it was 95 the shit didn't live online you know and i i doubt it's real anyway it's probably just bullshit but i really want i wanted so badly to find some pdf that somebody had scanned in of a local paper mentioning but also how do you spell rosier i tried it various different ways but nothing i came up with nothing not even a cockamamie um, possibility, which I was hoping for. Do you think Idaho Potato Growers of America or whatever their trade organization is ever thought they should like 
make make hay with that Lutz uh, quote from 30 Rock. Why don't you kiss a potato like the rest of us? <laughs> First of all, they don't make hay. They make potatoes. They make potatoes. Um, and I don't think so. I my guess I think that's is that's that's you know how I'm always like, oh, you know, I like commercials where they like come up with a new use for a product, right? Like, right. And kissing potatoes could be one. A kissing potato. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole thing that they could have could have gotten into. Have we talked about this? I think we might have talked about it in real life. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but that kissing a potato thing must be it's a, a, must be something that Tina Fey just Tina thinks Fey is hilarious. Because here I have both of these drops, and as I pulled them, and I just kind of you know I'll pull random audio for. TBTL or whatever. Here's a three a three second drop from Thirty Rock. If you need a kiss so bad, why don't you kiss a potato like the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, which is still just such a great one. And then um, here, this I'll play the longer version of the Kimmy Schmidt uh, drop that is very similar. His lips are softer than the baked potato I practice on. Uh-huh. But just like that potato, he turned out to be rotten. <laughs> but yeah, kissing potatoes. Kissing potatoes. Yeah, it's a Tina, Tina Fey special. It's a Tina Fey special. I bet you if I if we went back and watched that other show she did, uh, Good News, somewhere in there is a potato kissing joke. Oh, probably. Actually, that is a drop fest. It really good is. News. Yeah, it's yeah. so uneven, but it's a it when it's good, it's great. There's something about her. Like, I'm going to say Tina Fey projects that just like there's something about the way they're written yes. and produced and scored that well, the music sometimes gets in the way. But the music aside from that, like they are just like you can just pull these jokes from them, these standalone jokes that are perfect for what we do. Right. You these know? sort of like 30 to 45 second um, joke heavy monologues. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the cookie jar joke? Because I played that on TBTL as an intro. Oh, the thing the where day. Kenneth says like. A long, drawn-out thing about how you put all your hopes and fears in a cookie jar. Sort of. Can I just play it for you? Because yeah. it's so good. I, I, if it's you're a loose a, show today. If you're a TBTL crossover, um, sorry, you probably just heard this recently. But actually, that's not true. You're going to hear it coming up in the Winter Games. So <laughs> ATM got there first. Um, but I played this, and you will hear it potentially on an upcoming TBTL. Um, I listened to this again the other day. This is 45 seconds long, and I just feel like this is... One of the best jokes ever. Ha! Look at that kooky old cookie jar. You like cookie jars, Kenneth? Well, I guess I've never thought about it that much. We had a nice one back home in Georgia. Had a bear on it. I remember when my mom's friend Ron would come over. They'd go into the bedroom to sort out their paperwork. (laughs) I'd just go ahead and stare at that cookie jar. It was almost as if I took every problem that I ever had and I put it inside that cookie jar. And I sealed it up so tight that nothing would never, ever, ever get out. So I guess to answer your question, I'd give cookie jars about a B. (laughs) There's something about the way Jack McBrayer says, my mom's friend, Ron. That I wish I I wish I had to a su- sort out their paperwork. To sort out their paperwork. I wish I had a supercut of every time he says my mom's friend Ron. <laughs> oh God. Okay, that I'm trying to figure God. out 
where to go here. I think this is a weird commercial from 1995 for New York Life. We see this fellow, okay, and he's wandering around in the desert while we hear a voiceover, which will be self-explanatory. It looks like he's wearing like a, a business suit, which is not good desert wandering no, clothing. No, but he's definitely like a 90s businessman, oh, sure, right? Yeah. Okay, and then, early 90s, I would say. And he's like definitely like. Uh, want like this is definitely the uh, vision of him wandering the desert, lost, right, yeah. in all this business attire. Although you know he he's he's not all torn up or like like he's been on a desert island forever. Like he's just wandering around, looking lost, and then suddenly something happens, and the voiceover will, I think, sort of change at this point. He leans way far back and then throws himself forward and sticks his head in the sand. Okay, like a. Ostrich. Ostrich. It's a myth. I think that they do that, but it's that's sort of what they're known for. But then the camera f- kind of flips, rotates, sort of, and then we see his head pop out of the sand in a different location. And instead of being in some hot desert that's no fun, his head pops up on a fun beach somewhere through the sand, and it's a weird visual. And I still don't understand the message now i haven't watched this in a couple of weeks so maybe upon rewatching, it'll be more clear or maybe just watching with my smarter partner it'll become more clear take a listen <laughs> mortgage payments college tuition career choices people can get so lost in their day-to-day concerns that they simply avoid planning for their retirement unfortunately that's life Oh, yeah. And also, he's holding a newspaper that we suddenly see at the end. It's rolled up, but we just see the headline and it just says, that's life. It's just like it's so the image weird of him and surreal. With his head stuck in the sand and his butt out in the air is hilarious. And I'm definitely going to make it the show pick today. <laughs> Planning for their retirement. Unfortunately, that's life. Now we see... His head is popping out. New York out. Life has all kinds of life insurance policies to help make sure you enjoy your retirement. We can even help you catch up if you started planning late. That's New York Life, the company you keep. Okay, so his head pops up on a beach somewhere yeah. where it looks like now he's playfully buried in sand sort and there are of, kids although he playing does, around. He's like fully buried in the sand to, in order neck. to make the visual joke work where he's like in one shot, he's all body outside and only head in the sand and now he's head out yeah. all body in the sand but it doesn't exactly look relaxing I don't I don't know if you've ever been buried in the sand obviously no, I'm claustrophobic you, it sounds awful you didn't even do it as a kid or anything no really no you know your I sister I mean parts of my body your maybe. sister like this is the thing my siblings and I would always do is like let's maybe, bury each other maybe in the sand. it happened I, I didn't invite that you would bury parts of yourself in the sand but I think I'd freak out if all of me would <laughs> I remember that very fondly. Like we would, we would try to do it so completely that the person couldn't get out. But of course, you you can always wiggle a finger until you can get yourself out if it's wet. You know, if it's just sand. Um, anyway, point being, it's fun to do as a kid, but it's disconcerting to see a grown man doing it on a beach where he's like, and it also theoretically relaxing. It also appears that like he's not laying down. It more seems like he's standing he's up. He's like standing in the sand. <laughs> so they had to dig a really like they had to dig like a six foot deep. Yeah, pole. the way his head is oriented, it looks like he's standing upright under the sand. So okay, physics takes a holiday. Sure. Obviously, he wasn't wandering in the desert and stuck his head in the sand. It's and then a it metaphor. Up. But what is the metaphor? It's almost saying 
do me, bury your head in it the sand. It seems like the, it's saying do bury your head in the sand because yeah. there's something good on the other side of the, like the whole thing is you're not supposed to bury your head in the because, sand. But yes. he's wandering the desert and you're hearing about all these debts and this and College financial and, woes yeah. and all this. So what what should you do? New York Life will help you bury your head in the sand and then on the other side of the sand is a better life? That's yeah, that's the story that doesn't New York that Life seem like a bad us. message. I yes, it does. Somebody's like, I have a good idea for visuals, and somebody said, How does that sell the product? And they said, Shut up, Shh. you get us. They said, Honey, go get us some coffee. <laughs> exactly. They said, Shut up, your face. Shut up, your face. I don't know why they talk like that, but they do. Those mad men on <laughs> Madison <laughs> Avenue. Um, this next one is for something called United <laughs> Furniture's Warehouse, and I think. It's mostly just interesting because it's incredibly low budget and it's actually two of them right in a row, but they aired right in a row. You know, it's like two 15 yeah. seconders right in a row. So I combined them here and I'm pretty sure it's like these testimonials of people standing in the furniture warehouse and these are like, you know, person on the street interviews, like testimonials again. But I think I put this in here because the testimonials are so ridiculously bad. I mean... You want to talk about real people, not actors? United Furniture Warehouse. Yeah. These are honestly not actors. Like they, they're like, how we can't be any more clear. These people are not only not actors; they could never become actors, even if it was their dream. Exactly. There's no possibility that these people have any sort of onstage life. Right. Exactly. So, um, anyway, these are terrible, terrible actors. Not actors. I'm, terrible, terrible non-actors. Non-actors. They might be terrible they're, they're actually, people. They're not terrible people. They're just people who really like United Furniture Warehouse, or are being coerced to say they like it. <laughs> Shop United Furniture Warehouse. I found furniture pieces at other stores of lesser quality, and they were asking more money. I know I saved six or seven hundred dollars on the two pieces I bought. United Furniture Warehouse. Shop United Furniture Warehouse. We selected our uh, couch and love seat here, the bedroom suite here, and the uh, kitchen table and chairs in oak. I couldn't find a better price anywhere. United. Wait a second. It's not as bad as I remember. I was gonna say, first like, of all, the jingle- you really set me up to think these people like were, were like knuckle draggers, just knuckle draggers. But no, no, I don't know. They why just this- seem like normal consumers who are telling their experience. It's it's believable. No, like, I am confused why I put this on the list. I, I mean, think the, they the, are actors. The jingle is crisis actors. <laughs> And the crisis is the furniture prices <laughs> yeah, the are cr- too high at the other No, the store. crisis is the furniture. Look at this that, shit the, behind The furniture them. is the crisis, they are for sure. That is some ugly-ass furniture. You know what I think maybe struck me about? I'm sorry. I set this. I I hadn't watched this in weeks and weeks. That's okay. I do the same thing all the but time. But I do think what's weird about the second one is- Look at this kid's face. Yeah, so the first one is just some guy, and he's like, and I I like his low-keyness. He's yeah. like, yeah, I think I saved like six or seven he bucks like on the last one. He like a white guy in his 30s. And he's not even really, he's like, I'm not sure. Like, I think I saved like whatever, yeah. which is funny. But it's very cash. But then the next one is- He's like me when I talk about Costco home insurance. This woman says we, but it's like a middle-aged woman who looks very like kind of like nice. And for some reason- it's not like her partner with her. We it's hope like a twelve-year-old boy who's just looks super—not super, but just looks a little bit uncomfortable well, and wants to thing. do something else. He's kind of like making faces. He's doing that thing that kids do when they uh, when they don't really know what to do, but yeah. they are maybe like in a, a situation that feels awkward or or uncertain to them. He's just like making weird faces and like 
and sort kind of, of like sucking his teeth sucking or his something teeth and, yeah. and rolling his head back and just the way kids cannot just stay still yeah. and be calm like they they have to they're they're just sort of like constantly their emotions are washing across their face the kids expressions are the funniest part of this yeah and also let's if not, i wasn't already gonna do the dude with his butt in the yeah. air and his head in the sand i would do a try to do a close-up on that dude's little <laughs> dude's face and then do a gif of him just going wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, let's not sleep on the jingle. The jingle's pretty good if anybody's looking for a cheap way to call our phone line. And, and if you can't think of a jingle of your own to sing, you could sing this. Shop United Furniture Warehouse. We selected our uh, couch and love seat here, the bedroom suite here. And it says we selected. It really makes you think that she and her son picked this up. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe he had a voice in choosing the furniture. I mean, it just seems so odd. Wrong? I didn't have a seat at the sofa for that when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, kitchen table and chairs in oak. I couldn't find a better price anywhere. United Furniture Warehouse. Yeah, I like that jingle. That's a pretty good jingle. So, okay, sorry I set that up wrong and a little bit cruelly as well. No, I do think we it, was, t- it was a nice surprise. Do we have time to do um, another one? Yes, we've got plenty of time. Okay, this next one is just... Str- well, I'll tell you what. This next one just strikes me as odd because it's Michael Jackson. And... That's weird in this day and age. Yes. It's a promo. It would be like if suddenly, you know, Cosby was, you know. Yeah. If you if you just like caught a Jell-O commercial, which it, I'm sure you might. Except I didn't realize this, that there's a big Broadway review of Michael Jackson music going on on Broadway right now called MJ the Musical that people are apparently lapping up. I had no idea. I really it's thought. It's so bizarre to me. Like he just, he died so he gets a pass, I guess. I guess yeah that's a good point i guess if you and i guess there was never a conviction there was never a conviction there were settlements people hang there but then but and that's why famous people again deshaun watson they just get tons of lawyers and use tons of money to settle and not get convictions yeah. and then people are like then people have plausible deniability i'm like well billy jean's a jam yeah um and it is a jam but um anyway that's what struck me about just seeing a, a commercial for hbo's michael jackson one night only in fact i should just look up um, if Michael Jackson one night only was a pretty big cultural moment for HBO, because this is, you know, the 90s. HBO has, a you know, a good reputation, but there's actually kind of a new book out, I think, about HBO's, how it had to kind of reinvent itself and constantly fight for its relevance as yeah. our culture continued to change, and that it was kind of a daring move to begin with. I, I heard a great interview about it a couple of weeks ago and on the media. Um, and, and you know, HBO, long before elite television shows like The Sopranos or whatever we call that type of TV, a big thing they would do is they would get, like, access to the biggest concerts and the biggest comedy concerts, right? right? yeah. Um, And so, I mean, a Michael Jackson... Let's see, inside Michael Jackson's... Yeah, I guess it was a big deal. 1995's One Night Only special. It says that never was. I'm reading here from... um, uh, DamienShields.com it says uh, in July of 1995 pop superstar Michael Jackson revealed that he would be participating in a special called Michael Jackson One Night Only Um, 
And it says one night only was ultimately canceled just days before it was scheduled to be broadcast. Jackson having to be rushed to the hospital after collapsing during rehearsals. So this is a promo for something that ended up not ever happening. And what I think is interesting, aside from just the eeriness of seeing this commercial in this day and age, is it's so clear that they got some sort of Michael Jackson lookalike to sort of do this sort of like kind of almost ghostly dancing around while oh, you see wow. shots of like kind of the street and the marquee and the um, the city and like shots of um, the Statue of Liberty. But you sort of just see this image, this this outline of an image wearing like white socks and black shoes and having a sparkly glove. And it's kind of dancing over these images, but you never see the face. I'm assuming it's a Michael Jackson alike. Take a look at this. Just the moves, it says. Yeah, this is clearly not Michael Jackson. Just the but it's music. a yeah, it's someone dressed like Michael Jackson with their face obscured. Michael Jackson, one night only. You've never been this close. Only on HBO. They oh, mix they, in a little scream at the end. Did you hear that? One yeah, they couldn't get one piece of footage of Michael Jackson for that commercial. Well, it's and especially by the way, interesting to know that that never... So we now have a promo that I got legitimately off a of VHS tape for a thing that never even happened. And by the way, that's two years after uh, somebody first filed suit against him for molestation. Oh, really? And also after he settled for more than $20 million. That was in 93? Uh, that happened in 93, yeah. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah and that commercial so was it, from 95. I mean, with all these things, if you know, when people will make money, when people are continuing to make money, it's like it didn't happen. I'm going to play this commercial for you on the hopes that you've never seen it before because I just want your reaction to it. I'm not going to really even tell the audience what happens until afterwards, but suffice <laughs> it to say, there is, this is again, just peak 90s. There's a woman sitting on her comfortable couch in her living room, white woman, um, yeah, younger than middle age, I'm going to say 30s or something, um, just very relaxed. And she's got a cat sitting on the back of the couch with her. Um, and this is one of those commercials. I kind of like this trope. In fact, I wonder if this is a, a show as well. A theme is when the voiceover person is talking directly to the people who are on camera, but you never see yes. the voiceover person. I love that trope. But can you just watch this? And again, I'll fill in the audience later. I just want to get your reaction to what happens in this commercial. Are you doing your part to control litter box odor? Yeah, I scoop and scoop. No, and... him. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just tell everybody what is happening. So <laughs> we see this woman and her cat is just kind of in the background sitting on the couch. And the guy says, are you doing everything you can to control the scent of your odor? And she starts to say, yeah, I'm doing everything I can. And then the voiceover guy says, not you, him. And then we get an extreme close up of the cat's face saying what <laughs> do you remember this at all no i don't okay, here, i gonna... thought i was going to because i feel like that lady looks familiar but i i do not remember this she's 90s white lady I she's think. definitely 90s she's wearing like uh big pleated uh khaki pants and very a, light and a, khaki and a white blouse and her hair's got the like jane seymour uh do and so she, yeah, she's totally '90s white lady. And everything in the living room is very kind of like soft shades of, of white or off yeah. white or beige. But here, take a listen again. Are you doing your part to control litter box odor. Yeah, I scoop and scoop. No, and... him. What? <laughs> Only fresh steps. <laughs> there's some sort of animation on his eyes and oh mouth, so it looks like he's moving his lips. Um, this I pulled off of a tape a couple of weeks ago, and I have another one. Once you know what's coming, it's less interesting. But I'm going to see if I can sort of find this on my hard drive on the fly. 
this isn't on uh, on the YouTube channel yet, so unfortunately I can't give you a link to this. But this must have been uh, a campaign. I don't know if that was the first one or not, but here's one that um, features several cats, and it's a woman, uh, again, a white woman sitting in her living room. She's on like some sort of a uh, easy chair or something, and she's got two or three cats on her lap. Excuse me, did you know there's something better than fresh step cat litter? What? All three cats look up and go, what? In this one, the human doesn't even appear to get a line. No, that's a good point. It looks like maybe at the end. Here, I'll go back. It neutralizes ammonia odor. The leading litter won't. Like it, guys? Uh-huh. New improved fresh stuff. So she answers for the cats at the end. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The guy says specifically, do you like it, guys? But then... um. Uh, she takes the she takes the line. Okay, sounds good. That's all I got for you today. I, I just like realized those. that we still have to get to ad council, so we're running a little bit late here. That is on me. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I'll let you take the lead here, Veeves, and I don't know if we have to cut a little bit short no, today. No, I'm fine. I'm okay. fine. Um, you mentioned the Stetson ad that we talked about last week, the yeah. man in the cabin with the spirit of the lake growing towards him uh, to get some of that sweet, sweet love. Um, this is from Ruby, who posted this on the Facebook group. She says, it's so interesting hearing you guys talk about the old Stetson cologne ad involving a person in a canoe. I guess it's not an unusual theme for Stetson because they recently used a canoe that my dad made for one of their ad campaigns for their hats. Oh, interesting. I'm looking at this now. Look so at this, this is beautiful a um, canoe her dad made. Now, let me ask you a question. A Stetson hat is clearly a type of hat. I assume that the cologne was a different company. Well, I thought that they made hats and cologne. Do they not? I don't know. You know, I didn't even think I just saw because I always first of all, I'll be honest with you. I thought a Stetson hat was a type of hat, not a brand of hat. I think it's a brand that has Um, come to be known as like the, you know, the sort of the Kleenex of cowboy hats. Interesting. And so they make both uh, fragrances because I know that there are a whole bunch of like that was Stetson Sierra. Yeah. I I mean, Stetson's brand is cowboy, basically. Oh, I see. Anything that cowboys need, you know, they they make, I assume. I see. Lassos, spurs, sure, chaps. I don't know if they make all. I'm on the. um, I think it'd be funny if they did. I'm on the website for Stetson right now, and it's first listed as you know a, a. a uh, hat company, a uh, hat manufactured by the Stetson Company. It's also used as a generic trademark to refer to any kind of campaign hat. They like should be a in that. Hat they should be something. in that um, hook and loop uh, Velcro. Yeah, right. Commercial where they're like, "Stop calling it Stetson. We're going to lose our trademark." But on the Wikipedia page, it does say later in the 1980s, Stetson began to diversify, releasing the first Stetson cologne in '81 and. Lady Stetson in 1986, and then you have luggage, handbags, umbrellas, etc. So, oh, oh that's is really that a Stetson umbrella? But it, well, first of all, congratulations to Ruby's dad for apparently being an amazing I woodworker. Know, this Look this at thing that, is gorgeous. Did that's they incredible? Ruby, answer, uh, put, post on the Facebook group. Did did they buy the canoe from him to photograph it, or did they just rent it from him? That's a good point. And now is the canoe worth more money because it was in a Stetson? <laughs> a famous. It canoe. looks like this is a. Um, it's not a commercial we can play. It looks like it was probably. A, an Instagram ad. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a beautiful photo, though. Yeah, what else we got? Um, all right, this is something that I really love, and it made me kind of go on a deep dive. Um, this is uh, something Kathleen shared on the Facebook page. 
Um, and it's an old, an oldie but a goodie. It's um, something that kind of has been viral for a while now. I don't know when this came out, but uh, several decades. I, I, actually, I do know when it came out, 1988. Um, this is for um, a brand of Papadums, which are um, like a crunchy, crispy um, Indian food. Oh, okay. Kind of like, like an Indian potato chip. That's probably very reductive, but there you go. Um, and they're sold by Walker, uh, which sell, which is a British company that sells all kinds of crisps. They're like a you know Frito Lay of, of mm-hmm. Great Britain. This is a great ad. You ha- it starts in an, in a it's, it takes place in an Indian grocery store, and you see a guy in a turban. He's a, he is Sikh, and he's so he's wearing his turban, um, and he's kind of looks like he's reshelving something or putting something on the shelf in this grocery store, and then he shrugs off his his cape or his jo- his jacket or whatever it is and he's in full Elvis regalia okay and he starts doing um all shook up but with new lyrics for these poppadums um uh-huh. and when he's as he's doing it there's some women in saris doing like backup dancing and it's an amazing uh reworking of that song so why don't you hit play on that oh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing this i gotta say and this aired you think in in great britain it did yeah so that's interesting because i was like oh 1980s great britain commercial no, depiction. It's, it, it's perfectly uh, lovely. That's actually. great. All right, let's take a listen. Well, you can take me and my turban to a cat man do. Chew my chapati, eat my vindaloo. But when I see you walk, cause I'm my fingers and thumbs, so get your guns. My papa put thumbs on. He's really He's doing a wonderful He's um instead of having a guitar, he has a more traditional Indian stringed instrument. I can't think of Is what that it's the sitar? called. But yeah, was that a sitar? I'm you not think sure, yeah. it's on a strap? I don't think I've ever seen it played on a strap, but maybe that's just me not knowing that or it's just or i'm wrong and that's not what a sitar or them playing around with the idea of it um but uh yeah that's good Uh, yeah i I, yeah not i mean is it giving into some stereotypes a little bit with like the with the with the shoes that because he's got these pointy shoes that sort of unravel then yeah i mean the the elf the elf shoes that roll up and down are maybe a little on a little on the border but it doesn't feel like and again easy for me to say right but it doesn't feel like a uh disrespectful portrayal uh or anything it's it's costumey but mm. he's he's costumed he's costumed as elvis but he has the the sikh turban on um the he's actor, not like a fool or he's anything. not in yeah. any way the butt of any joke he's just like a performer he he performed under the name the rocking sikh uh, this commercial was released in 1988 in the uk and um that actor's name is punit sira and this was kind of interesting i thought it was directed by paul wayland Paul Wayland is a director who he's made some movies that people have seen. Nothing like nothing super huge. He's done a lot of commercials and he's done, you know, a fair number of like TV shows and, and some feature films. But he did. So that was for what was called New Walker's Crisps. But I, I think that it's the same brand as Walker's Crisps, um, which are more like traditional potato chips. And he has done a whole long-lasting decades-long campaign with with the um, soccer player Gary Lineker who's like he's kind of like our I don't know like our Peyton Manning or something like he's he went he would Jake Bortles (laughs) Uh, maybe not our Bortles he's um 
it's Blake Bortles. I was going to say this whole time I've been like that. It's not Jake. It's not Jake. It's not Jake. Um, Gary Lineker was a big star, um, you know, as a player. And then he went on to me. He now has a huge career as a sports broadcaster. And I think he was like a big broadcaster during the World Cup. Um, but as a sideline, he is this, kind of the pitch man for these Walker's Crisps. And Paul Whelan has directed a ton of these ads. So there's this whole like long that, that was sort of invisible to me as an as someone who doesn't, you know, consume a lot of British media. This whole series of ads with Gary Lineker um, going after kind of like um, kind of like going going after uh, crisps that aren't his and taking them from kids, basically. And that's kind of the running joke as he takes them from kids. So why don't we start with this first one? This is kind of an older one. It looks like it's maybe, I don't know, from maybe from the 80s or something kind of kind of back then, uh, where Gary Lineker is coming back to his hometown. He's being welcomed. He's getting a hero's welcome in his hometown. So as you're hearing the song, just picture, you know, young Gary Lineker, uh, tall, kind of handsome soccer player walking through this town. And everyone's like, Gary, Gary, welcome back. And finally, he sits down next to a little boy and his mom, and the little boy is eating Walker's crisps. He's come back to Leicester, for what it's worth. People are leaning out of car windows. He's kissing babies. Barbers are turning around and waving at him to the window. He's, He's winking. Oh. Just so beloved by this town. Plays a little soccer with some kids. Now he sits down next to a little boy eating these crisps. The, the little boy offers him one of the crisps. He eats it. When and then he just... crisp, as irresistible as Walker's, introduces a new cheese and onion flavor, there's no more Mr. Nice Guy. He just steals the bag and eats the whole thing in front of the he kid. He just takes the kid's bag and just starts housing these chips while the kid <laughs> looks like more and more like, goes from surprised to disappointed to angry. Him down the yeah. road. Boy, he is cute, isn't he? He's a looker. You talking about Gary Lineker? Or yeah. The boy. The Gary Lineker. Okay, yeah. Um, so they're just, they real just did. Boy next door type. Yeah. Um, and they did just, I think, a, a, a bunch of these. These are a couple more that I liked. This is one where he's stealing some crisps, a bag of crisps from his own son. Um, and while he's doing it or, or contemplating doing it, he's got the traditional angel and devil on the shoulder. And the angel and devil are played by uh, two kind of like older white guys who probably are soccer figures that I just don't recognize. Uh, okay. Like they, they it, I have the impression that they're somebody, you know. Um, and by the way, this is 2004. So that first one was 1995. And like you said, there's a very long running campaign or yeah. his involvement is long running. So we're almost a decade later now. He's sneaking up on his son. What's going on here, Gary? Stealing from your own lad? Look, they're the new best ever Walker's cheese and onion. There's no way you ain't gonna nick them. How could you do it? Think of the sacred bond between father and son. Ah, yeah, big girl's blouse. Think of the crisp golden potato. The cheese and onion delicately exploding in your tongue. Don't do it. Do it. Do it. So he reaches into the uh, bag of crisps. Oh, I wonder if these are officials. 
They're probably officials. One yeah. of them is throwing a red card up because they're both older white guys. Yeah. Um, and it makes you think that I, I was going to say maybe they're some sort of announcers, but maybe they're I famous they're officials. officials. Yeah. yeah. So um, when he reaches into the bag to steal the crisps, um, his son has a mouse trap in there and it catches him. Which, uh, I don't know how the kid didn't get caught with the mouse trap when he's good, eating the crisps, yeah, but I guess a, if you know what's there, you can work around it. it. Still, that's I a dangerous guess. game. Yes. Do not try at home. Game. Um, all right, one more uh, Walker's Crisps with Gary uh, Lineker. Um, this one is chaotic, to say the least. It is like, it is shot, and it's got all kinds of, like, I don't know, drone footage or helicopter footage. It's extremely chaotic and kinetic. It's sort of like a very tense scene from, like, a Mission Impossible-style movie or some kind of, like, um, you know, dramatic thriller where a bunch of people are hustling this little girl or surrounding this little girl to, for security and like they're her bodyguards they're all dressed in black with the earpieces she's very she stands out because she's probably like four or five and she's wearing like a beautiful turquoise um overcoat and we're watching this footage and we're seeing it through like surveillance footage and cameras and helicopters they're hovering overhead just picture like a lot of like security mm-hmm. right security Quite a lot of security theater to hustle this little girl into a townhouse uh, and then clearing all the rooms to make sure that her crisps will not be taken from her. All right, guys, this is what we need. Five, hold your position at the entrance. Central. All right, she's headed into the house. They're clearing the rooms. Room by room. She's eating the chips as she walks. Okay, the room is empty. Send in the kid, they say. So she goes in. Hi, Mom. Walkers have improved their crisps. She puts the potato chips on a table. Somebody comes from above, like Mission Impossible style, and switches out her chips for some other brand. And she eats them. And she knows right away that they've been switched out. And now we see Gary Lineker on the roof eating <laughs> the real chips. tactical gear. And this must be like in the maybe, well, it was posted about seven years ago. So, yeah, we're really seeing him age in these things yeah. as well. Yeah, and he's been doing he's been as well. Like he's a young, such a young man in 1995. And yeah. in this one, he's got the salt and pepper hair. Yep. And he's in like a cat burglar outfit, kind of a modern cat burglar outfit. And he, he drops down Mission Impossible style, like you say. Yeah. So I, th- tether. I think he must just be sort of like indelibly associated with these Walker's Crisps brand. That's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we talk about um, American cartoon animals, specifically often in the cereal uh, arena, right? Yeah. Who are like sometimes the kids are keeping it away from the animals, like the Tricks Bunny, which just seems cruel, yeah. right? They're for kids. Like, well, share. Yeah. Um, but then you do have this thing of this. Well, I guess not just cereal. Cause you have the Hamburglar is right. trying to, um, isn't somebody always trying to steal the lucky charms or are they trying to keep it away from kids? I think they're always at the kids are always after the leprechaun. Oh yeah. Lucky charms. I guess I kind of got that backward. Chester cheetah. Is he trying to steal them? Uh, or he's just getting high. I think he's just getting high. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can sell anything. I'm ridiculous, man. I burned through all of my <laughs> BT Dubs commercials thinking that we needed more time. 
And now we've already gone well over an hour for and today's I show. And you got to get out of here. So how can people reach out to us? They can reach out to us at 607-444-5597. If somebody wanted to call up and sing that Papadum jingle, I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. Or um, Furniture Warehouse. Or Furniture Warehouse. Uh, United Furniture Warehouse. Uh, you can email us at after these messages show at Gmail. Visit us on the Facebook group. There's a ton of fun content there. And, of course, there is the YouTube page where new content is going up all the time. Oh, yeah. I should maybe start cross-posting some of the um, YouTube videos I'm uploading and just putting them directly on the Facebook page. Yeah, so that'd be great. So people could enjoy it there, too. Definitely. Not all of them because there's way too many. And I'm really trying to just upload everything I find as yeah. like an archive and then bring you guys the best of them. But um, also, if you do want to request me remixing that Nordic Track commercial with a song of your oh, choice, yes. you can get at us that way as well. And I'll say the voicemail number once more, 607-444-5597. Talk to you next week. Karachi Posse Zaki's poppy. Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband.